Welcome, everybody, to the Cone of Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Work. Guys, I am here with a great episode. But before I get into it, have you registered for the Get Stuff Done Shorthanded Conference? It is October 6th through the 8th. It is an Uncharted Veterinary Conference. I am the founder and, uh, and owner and lover of Uncharted and runner of Uncharted. This is something I'm super, super proud of. This is a virtual conference. You should be able to get some clinic time in and then also leave the clinic. Go to somewhere else so you're not being distracted and get into this. It's an interactive, community-based, workshop-based conference. It is going to be fantastic if you're feeling overwhelmed in practice and you're like, we need to make some changes so I can enjoy this profession more. This is the conference for you. It is super action-oriented. That's why it's called Get Stuff Done Shorthanded. Um, it's all about tackling the overwhelm. Anyway, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Let's get into this episode, which is me talking to my friend, Bill Schroeder. I have uh, I have some concerns about, about the internet and the way the world is going, in case you haven't heard that on previous episodes. I wonder about the way that social media and uh, just interconnectedness online is making us talk to each other. I'm wondering about how it affects veterinary medicine. I am wondering about the shifting value in digital marketing for veterinarians. And some people are like, oh, no, digital marketing is the future. And I go, the return on investment is just is changing and it's a different game than it used to be. And I have real questions about how to play this game and um i see a lot of clinics working really hard online and i'm not sure what they get out of it all the time but bill Schroeder uh doesn't exactly agree with me which is good and refreshing and we get into it and i think he's got some really good points i would say that my general viewpoint shifted a bit during this conversation so anyway we are talking about veterinarians online and reputation management this is your show we're glad you're here we want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast. One of my dear friends in the world, the one and only Bill Schroeder. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, Andy. How are you? And I feel the very same way. It's nice to, it's nice to see you. Oh, man. It's always great to have you on here. Uh, for those who don't know Bill Schroeder, he is the founder and CEO of InTouch Practice Communications. Uh, he is a phenomenal speaker. I love his marketing and client communication presentations. He has spoken at Uncharted Veterinary Conference, which is the conference that I run a number of times. Uh, he's done virtual presentations for us. He's someone that I go to a lot because he's just really good and he's really insightful. And Bill and I have worked together on marketing projects and things in the past, and he's a he's He's a guy I'm happy to have as a wingman because he is real good at what he does. And so, Bill, I super appreciate you making time to be here. I want to talk with you about reputation management in the in the in the vet industry. And I've got some things that are gnawing at my mind, and I want to kind of put them out there and just sort of bounce some questions off of you. I think that here's my thesis. I think that uh, that marketing has changed significantly in vet medicine. I think it's changed because social media is changing. I think it's changed because uh, a lot of vet clinics are shorthanded and they are working and they are really overwhelmed with the number of things that they are doing. Um, I think that uh, a lot of marketing, especially social media, used to be much more productive organically. It's much more pay to play. I think it has to be a lot more strategic. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk to you about is is uh, cancel culture. And, you know, we had a one of the emergency clinics in, in Maine just got absolutely demolished recently, and they were on the podcast talking yeah. about it. And I want, I want to talk to you a bit about that. So I know that that's a, a wide breadth of topics, but I feel like there has been a significant change 
in reputation management for veterinary clinics in the last five years, since the pandemic hit, uh, especially. I want to talk to you about that and get your insight on it. Are you up for that? Sure. Let's go. Yeah. Let me open up widely and say, do you agree with those <laughs> with those assertions? How does that sound when I say it to you? Give me give me a high level overview. I, I would say that reputation and the overall impact that the digital and social media have had on veterinary practices has indeed had a profound impact in you know, especially in the last three years, uh, I'm going to say is, and it's gotten more and more serious. I think through COVID, people were angry and um, people were tired. So I would agree wholeheartedly. It all goes back to the mobile device, how quickly we can access and we can assert our opinions onto things. But it's 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 grown significantly, I, and I think some of it is because of the fact that we as Americans have grown to rely upon and trust online reviews. Like there's a statistic out there that says, I'm going to goof it up a little bit, but we'll get the general idea. I believe it's 87% of people trust an online review as much as they trust a recommendation from a family member or friend, which is, is odd when you think about that. It's understandable. And it could be one of the reasons that we have grown to uh, accept and grown to utilize review services as a source for information. I mean, I guess another statistic is four out of five Americans will consult with a review source or read reviews before they make a purchase, which is huge. That's that's another stat that's up there on the 80%, right? It's really incredible. There's... There's this weird, di- I have this love-hate relationship with with reviews, okay? Mm-hmm. And so there's this weird dichotomy. Um, when it comes to things like entertainment, I will see people write remo- reviews of a movie that I loved and they'll trash it. Yeah. Or they will say, this movie is amazing and I will clear time in my day to see it and it's garbage in my mind, right? And it's just made it very clear to me that different people want different things. Also, um, Different people have different experiences wherever they go. I had a lady who came in to see me in the vet clinic. Uh, It was one Saturday I was working and I was absolutely buried. And I know she did not get as much of my time and attention as she wanted. I'm just being honest. And, And I was like, but if she'd come on Tuesday, I would have sat down with her or even other Saturdays or if she'd come earlier in the day. We had this right. very different experience. And so she she did not write a review. But but if she had, it probably would not have been the glowing review that she might have written at another time. And so we have these weird experiences and, di- and different people with these reviews out. And it's funny because a lot of the sites, they have featured reviews and really featured reviews are awful reviews. Like they're always the bad ones are like the featured review. I'm not going to agree with you there. I don't think that it's really that. No, I I, I won't. I see sites that will say, basically they'll say is what's the most review useful review. And, and so, and the the other people, the people who see it can decide if they give it a thumbs up or the thumbs down about being useful and glowing reviews that say, these people are wonderful. I don't think that they get a lot of useful reviews, but the people who are sort of conspiratorial and like, ah, oh, <laughs> I went on Saturday and it was raining 
And did you know that their floors are exceptionally slippery when it rains? You're going to want special shoes. And someone's like, that's useful insight. And they will mark that as useful. And then the three star, their floors are slippery when it rains person is a useful review compared to the person who was like, this vet saved my pet's life. And, you know, I think that, okay, I'll give you that. But I, I would say that when I see that, it's usually a practice that doesn't have a whole bunch of reviews. And that's like, that's one of the messages that I hope to be able to, to share is that, you know, you see these practices that have achieved or they've gathered some reviews by accident. Like they don't have a strategy yeah. around it. They don't, they're not focused around gathering them. And then you've just got a limited number of things for people to read. And so then it might seem that way. I I, I also, you know, I, I really don't, this might surprise you, but I don't mind that review that you just mentioned, because yeah. I believe we're becoming pretty savvy as a, as a culture and people can read through and read the ridiculous and, and some yeah. of the negative stuff, like, hey, you know, I waited too long. Dr. Rourke, uh, uh, you know, was very busy that day and I waited for an hour in the lobby. Okay. Or his lobby smelled like urine. Okay. But then when there are some reviews that speak to these long, loving stories that people can realize not only good things and bad things happen, but gives a sense of authenticity too, you know, so having that negative stuff is good. I, I'm always kind of suspicious of the brands that don't have anything negative written about them anyplace. And so I, I don't, I don't mind it. I saw, so, so this is why you said that I saw a study that said that a five star average review is not the most trusted ranking. The most trusted ranking is 4.7 stars. And the reason is because if there's nothing but five star reviews, people don't believe it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's too it, good. like whatever. It's too good. Look right. at the best restaurants in the world. They're at like 4.8 stars right. with, you know, 2000 reviews. And it's just funny. I, but I think about it. Um, Somebody's going to be unhappy. And I think we have started to learn that. One of my favorite things online, I was, I was laughing at recently. So I, I, spent, I spent a week in the woods hiking around with my wife. At, she had never seen the one-star National Park reviews. Have you ever seen these things? No, I haven't. Tell me oh, about them. Oh, it's so worth your time. Yeah, Google one-star National Park reviews. And there's okay. there's this guy who's who's like, he's made them into works of art, but it's just, it's honest to God, one-star reviews of National Parks. And so <laughs> uh, the Grand Canyon, someone wrote, it's a hole, a big, big hole, one-star. And someone else... It was it was the Joshua Tree National Park. They were like, "There's nothing to do here but wander around the desert," and and the last one was something of like uh, it was like Pisgah National Forest uh, or Grand Tetons, and it was like, "There's no cell service and the Wi-Fi is terrible." It's like that one star, and I just thought, "Oh man, people will they will they will negatively review anything." But yeah. at the same time, I said I have a love hate relationship because during that trip. I didn't know where I was going. Allison and I just went and explored the Blue Ridge Mountains. Like, that's what right. we wanted to do. And so everywhere we went, I didn't know where we were going to stay. I didn't know where we were going to eat dinner. I didn't know what trails we were going to hike on. But I used Airbnb and looked at the reviews. Or I Googled uh, lodging and looked at the reviews. I used Yelp to find the restaurant that I wanted to eat out. Because they were darn, you know, like that's, you can find real good restaurants with Yelp. 
And then I used uh, this app called All Trails, which I highly recommend. I love it. It is basically Yelp for hiking trails. And so wherever you are, you can type in where you are and it will come up with the nearest hikes and all of the reviews of people who have hiked it. And so Very anyway, cool. all three of those things were, th those things drove my vacation and they're all completely review based. And so while I roll my eyes at it, I also see the utility and take advantage of it. And, you know, it goes it goes deeper, too, because G Google has placed such emphasis upon the consumer experience and what the opinion of a brand is in the eyes of, of the consumer to the point where there's like, OK, so the most commonly searched term in Google for a veterinarian is vet near me. Okay. And yep. if you look at the fact like you've got practice A that's over here and it's got a 2.5 star rating, okay, and it's a mile away from my physical location, well, because I'm probably searching for it on my mobile device, okay, so it's a mile away. And then you've got the uh, equidistant, the other direction is practice B that has a 4.79 Google rating, right, uh, Google star rating. If Google's job is to match people up with the greatest or most qualified person or the person, the practice where the person is going to have the most likely great experience there. They're not going to send your the pet owner over to the 2.5. They're going to send them to the 4.79 because in the end, Google is referring the searcher over to the business. And if Google's job is to do a good job of matchmaking, then Google's going to take the real consumer experience into play. And that's where, you know, from a digital marketing standpoint, Google knows that there are teams like mine out there that can enhance brands and can actually help brands to be found online, right? And I mean, some might say that it's manipulative, the, the things that are done. But if we are doing a good job of developing a reflection, an accurate reflection of the practice, well, then I don't think that it's deceitful. You know, I, I believe that it's it's ethical in what we're doing. But my point here is that if the practice isn't a good place, it might be difficult for me to draw or to push a lot of traffic that way because Google is really looking at the context behind the experience, the context that, uh, or the content of the reviews. Okay, I want I want to unpack this a little bit. All right, so we're talking about on we're talking about online reviews, and we're talking about the things that we do to make businesses look good and to and to bring across accurately bring across the quality of our vet clinic. I think I think. I think a lot of us get frustrated when we feel when we feel we're being treated unfairly or when the ratings don't reflect the experience that we are trying to create or that or that we think that we're creating for people. I think mm -hmm. I think it's what's funny too is I don't think any of us are immune to I don't care how many five-star reviews you have when you get the two-star review that you feel is unfair, boy that hits an emotional chord. I you know Amen. it's it's it that's some that's some that's some tribal status caveman 
you know, response things there. But t- talk to me a bit more. So you've, you've already talked about about the number of five star reviews that you have. Right. As as you're saving grace uh, when you see a lot of uh, a lot of negative reviews. And that totally makes sense to me. I've always people will say, we, what do I do about this one star review that I got? Should I respond and do these other things? And my response is generally no. Go get 10 five-star reviews. That That is the thing that is in your control. But Yeah, I'm going to actually disagree with that. And I would say that you should respond to all reasonable reviews. And what I mean is if someone's out there, you know, bullying, you know, if somebody's being, you know, outlandish, that's obvious, right? Somebody is using profanity and doing all these things and making claims that are weird, it, don't respond to that. And the audience will be able to read that that Dr. Rourke is above that. But I also think that there is an opportunity when there's a, a negative review to show the public how you're going to handle situations when they might not go well. I always say that it's really easy to be good when it's 85 degrees and you're sitting on a beach in uh, in Mexico yeah. with a margarita in your hand, you know, that it's easy to be happy and good. But talk to me when it's 30 below zero and you're standing waiting for a bus and you've forgotten your gloves. OK, that that's it's a it's a you're in a different state of mind. And that's where I choose to want to evaluate people. Right. So I think like the person that left the review is in most cases gone. Like they've they've left that atomic bomb of a review, and then they're going to move on. And very seldom will they come back into the practice. The people that I'm most interested in are those that are reading the review later. So you, by that person leaving the negative review, they've created a format or a platform, a stage, if you will, for a discussion to take place. And if you can respond politely by asking them uh, to uh, call you at the practice, you're very concerned about this, about the experience that they've described without admitting any sort of guilt or yeah. saying, you know, or discussing any uh, anything that has to do with a particular uh, appointment, visit, or circumstance um, that is being discussed. If you can just ask for it to come off of line, let them know that that their opinions are very important and you'd like to speak with them on the phone. I think that's appropriate in most negative instances. So I, I would I would like to say, though, I would highly suggest that you avoid the online sparring match because yeah, it never comes out well. You know, like no matter how crafty you are, like, you know, that email that you've written, you, you know, that email where you're like, oh, I just slayed him, right? Oh, I just totally, oh, yeah. like I won, you lose in the public. Eye, it's right? a Jerry Maguire manifesto, right? Where you're yeah. like, this is it. I have, I have the take. <laughs> and and it, it just, it goes, it does not go anywhere good. I, exactly. So hold on, there, there's there's nuance here, okay? Yep. The, the, the what, it, I I don't know if I push back against, I, I like, I like your approach. And here's my thing. I run into a lot of people who love their practice and they love their business and they love their doctors, you know, and they take these, um, these, uh, especially hurtful reviews, they take it really personally and it's really hard not to take it personally. Right. And boy, the, 
you think you're being slick or you think you're being dispassionate. And the truth is you look so defensive when you respond. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. um, I see people write and, and then just, it is so hard to not be defensive when you respond. I, I do like your idea of, hey, I'd like to talk to you more about this. Can you reach out at the clinic so we can discuss? Yeah. I, I can I can get behind that. I think I would push back against honestly anything other than that because most of us are not eloquent enough to be, often we're triggered and we're telling ourselves we're not. You know, It's like when you argue with your spouse and she's like, you, you're really angry. And I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm not angry at all. It's like, you totally are. Um, I, I think I think I like shorten to the point, but but I do I have reservations about writing anything of any consequence as a as a back and forth because some people are just um some people they just they just want to fight and it's just it's just not worth it. Yeah, I recommend it in those instances and I also recommend it in the cases where they've gotten your pet or the your practice confused with another. Like gotcha. how many that best makes friends animal hospital or St. Francis animal hospitals are there in the country and they find accidentally stumble across it. And I, I recommended, you know, saying something along the lines of, Hey, we've, we've looked really hard for this instance. Um, not only do we not recognize this case, this, this incident you, or your name, it's possible that you've confused us with another practice, but please call us so we can help you yeah. square this away. And just so people can see that you're concerned. I, I just believe that without it, it gives it, that there's a possibility that people would think that it's true or that you don't care. Hey guys, I just want to jump in real fast with one update on September the 11th. My friend, Dr. Phil Richmond, is putting on a virtual workshop through Uncharted. It is called Avoid a, Avoid a Toxic Team, Creating Psychological Safety. Guys, this is a great workshop. It is all about making your people feel comfortable and safe and engaged at work. It's about making your workplace a place that people want to be and are comfortable in. Guys, this is great for keeping positivity in your practice, for avoiding burnout in your practice. It is a fun two-hour workshop you're going to get in to really working on the nuts and bolts of what is it? mean to have a uh, a psychologically safe practice how can we how can we make that happen because guys there's huge benefits to it this is going to happen at 2 p.m eastern time um 4 p.m sorry it's 2 p.m to 4 p.m eastern time 11 a.m to 1 p.m pacific time so 2 p.m eastern 11 a.m pacific that's that's when we're going to get started this is 99 dollars to the public it is free to uncharted members check it out the other thing i always have to say is thanks again to banfield the pet hospital for making transcripts of our uh, uh, show possible. We could not do it without them. I love that they stepped up and made this happen. Um, gang, let's get back into our episode. The frequency with which people review the wrong vet practice is amazing. Like, that's is. not that's not a that's not a rarity. I see it all the time. I hear it all the time. People are like, "What about this one?" Where they they this this person lives in South Dakota and we're in Florida and we've never right. seen them before. Um, yep. You go, yeah, respond to it and say that. Okay, hold on. I want to jump back here for a second. So now we, we've talked a little bit about responding to these, which I think is good. Talk to me about building a good rec- reputation online in the modern environment. So sure. uh, w- so we talk about getting five star reviews. I, Talk to me, I guess, about how, how you do that. But then, honestly, what are the other things? You said, you know, uh, companies like yours, like InTouch, can come in and uh, and help practices sort of showcase their talents. Just just for people who haven't ever gotten to work with someone like you, what does that, what does that look like? Well, first off, and thank you for that. Um, so, first off, I think the strategy needs to begin with your team. Your team needs to know the significance, the impact, 
the the reason that reviews are very important and all strategy revolving a reputation needs to start there with the education of the the team and you know one day i was writing a talk on reputation i was flying back from someplace you know on a plane and and i was i i was reading while i was uh, doing this uh this talk or preparing for the talk and I was reading about remarkable customer service. And the word remarkable literally jumped off the, the, the page at me because it was worthy of remark. Like the service was so uh, um, excellent that it caused people to want to remark about it. And usually remarkable is a positive thing, correct? And I think if you can start at the practice level, at the the team level and have everyone understand that a part of their business, a part of your practice operation is to have a good reputation so that you can grow, you can treat more, you more animals, you can make more money, whatever you're going to categorize as being success. You won't get to do that as often if you have a negative relation, uh, negative uh, reputation out there. So that's the first thing that I would do. And the, the second thing is, you know, if I'm talking to business owners out there, which I hope many of you, I know many of you are, a lot of people don't realize the impact, the financial impact that reviews can have on a business. And I point you to uh, a Harvard Business School paper that was written by a guy named Michael Luca. And he wrote it I think a handful of years ago, I've talked about it for a long time, and it's called Reviews, Reputation, and Revenue. And what Luca did is he studied the restaurant market, and he looked at the impact of each increase in star review on Yelp. And he found that for every star increase, the restaurant received a 5 to 9% increase in, in gross revenue. Now, that's a lot of money when you start thinking yeah. about it. And is it directly tied to Yelp? And do more people go there because of that one star? It's it's got to be. It, it's not all of that. It's probably because if you're paying attention to the things that are going to get you the good reviews, the remarkable service, the you know all the things that someone would review positively for, you're probably taking care of people better, right? And you're probably positioning your business to be more successful. So there is a good uh, parallel between revenue and that. And then, you know, what I would do is I would make sure that your clients understand the importance of an online review. And the, the reason I say that is because uh, there, another statistic that floats in my head is that of all reviews that are out there, 82% of reviews come after a request for such. So if you think about it, if you're not getting a whole bunch of reviews or you're not asking for reviews, and I've, I've got a, a guide that I've prepared that I'll share with you at the end of this, a, a URL, um, but if it teaches you how to ask for reviews, if you're not asking for those reviews, all you're probably going to get is the random people that think that they should reach out and help you because mm. they understand that they can help. And then you've got the negative Nellies out there that are going to use it as a way to let let a practice know that they're dissatisfied. So um, I would ask for reviews and um, 
it's there's in this guide that I put together. I guess I can give you the URL now, right? I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. It, like, yeah, it's intouchvet.com slash reputation. So intouchvet.com slash reputation. And that guide will walk you through how to respond to reviews if you're getting negatively spammed and beaten up you know, online, how to handle it, how to get more reviews. It's a 14-page guide that I believe would help your audience very, very much so. I'll put a, uh, I'll put a link to it down in the show notes uh, so you, everybody can check it out if they, uh, if they like. Anyone who would be uh, helped by that, that'd be, I'll put it there for them. Yeah, it's neat stuff. And, you, you know, I guess, so, so you've got that. So you, you've trained the team. Uh, you have people realize that it can make a financial impact. You're, you're performing well. You ask people for the review. And then I think the last component, real simply, is to thank people for the review. So first off, I believe in responding to reviews like we just talked about and certainly mm-hmm. respond to the positive ones to let people know that it was important to them. And I would not be generic in my response. I would be as custom as you possibly can so that people really know. And, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go way out there and say, what if you picked up the phone and you actually called the person yeah. that left you a five-star review? And and I'm, I'm not saying, I mean, you know, I teach this, you know, so, uh, you know, what I like to teach is, you know, because we know how busy we all are in practice, right? And you might be praying that you get the person's voicemail. But how about if you just started, they do answer the phone, and you start the conversation by saying, hey, I'm about to run into an appointment, but I just wanted to call you real quick and let you know how touching your review was. And it's important for me because I get to meet other great people like you. And, you know, I'm sorry to call you in the middle of the day, and I, I, I don't have time to talk, but I wanted you to hear me say thank you. Now, yeah. how many of you in the audience have actually had somebody call you and thank them for a review. I'm going to say it's almost no one. And yeah. think of if we're talking about setting ourselves apart from others, other practices and other ways that we can have remarkable service. I think that's a huge benefit there. And it does yeah. nothing. It, it, all, all it does is promote people to leave another review next time they come in, right? I always feel like when I this is this is my own arrogance. I I always feel like when I write a, a review for someone, like it's a gift, right? I'm like I'm going to take time out of my day and just write this thing for you because I want to help you. And and not in a bad way, but whenever we give someone a gift, we want to have them acknowledge at least that they received it, right? At least that they were like, "Hey, I got this thing. And when you write the online review and you're like, I'm going to give this gift. And then like, you never hear anything about it. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I don't mean to overplay this, but, but it is true that I a hundred percent feel the, I have the same emotional reaction that when I give, then when I give gifts, but I'm like, I'm going to write this thing down because it was really a great job. And like, I would love to just hear like, Hey buddy, I saw the review you wrote for us. Thank you so much. The staff loves you because I want people to like me. That's just a thing that I want. And so that, that totally You're not alone hits, there. hits the button. Well, it hits, uh, that makes sense to me. I'm, I'll, I'll credit you, but I'm borrowing the gift thing. Oh, I, but that's how it feels to me. Honestly, like I am not kidding. Like I writing a review for someone to me is like uh, writing them a thank you note on steroids. Because when I write them a thank you note, it gives them a little warm fuzzy. But when I write a review, they get a warm fuzzy and everyone else see it. And I know it's beneficial to their business. And so 
I if it's when do the thank you notes end? When you I send you a thank you note and you send me a thank you note for my kind thank you note, and then we just it never ends when you never get any work done, and it, it can be a problem. I know, and some some of us have uh, an addiction to just writing thank you notes back and forth. I get it, um, but I do think that that's true. So I very much like your your recognition of of um, of reviews. The other thing that I would say is we know how to train animals, and I don't care how smart you are. We are simple animals. Positive reviews or positive, sorry, positive reinforcement is the key, right? right. If you want an animal to do a behavior again, uh, to thank them for the behavior that they did, right? Just just take a moment and and fill their cup. It's kind of the idea. And so we're like, this is a behavior that we want. And so why would it be that when people do it, we ignore the fact that they did it? Uh, that, you know, just that's not being manipulative in my in in my view. That's just being commonsensical about what we're trying to do. I think that the the overall idea, the understanding that I need everyone to hear is that it's very, very important for your business because people rely upon uh, the comments that are out there. Google likes the comments that are out there. And when people are looking to support an idea or they're looking for support before they convert, uh, we've seen... We've seen online reviews or the usage of online review content increase conversions up to like 270%. So just by adding in uh, a testimonial or, or some review content on a website in a, in a place where you're talking about a dental service or any one, any other aspect of your practice becomes super important. Um, and that's why... I'm really excited about what's going on up in Canada. Um, in Canada, you know, the, the the veterinarians, our friends up there, and hello, Canada, for those of you who are listening up there, have always had to operate under very strict rules and regulations that are, you know, they prohibit you from making claims mm -hmm. of superiority. Like, you can't say I'm sure. the greatest veterinarian. Everything's got to be factual. It's got to be proven by, you know, data and science. And, and I'm not against that. I always was against the fact that they couldn't use online reviews or request online reviews. Well, as of July 1st of 2022, Ontario veterinarians um, are now allowed to request reviews. They are allowed to utilize reviews um, on their digital marketing plans on their websites. Um, it's a whole new world for them. And it opens up a, a lot of really interesting things. So that happened July 1st, 2022, uh, for Ontario uh, veterinarians. But you know, historically, we see a lot of Canada follow the lead of Ontario. So I would think that the entire thing happened. So it's it's really important. I think that they did that because they recognize the world that we're operating in. So yeah, I was just gonna say it's a sign of the times, isn't it? Like the yeah. world is changing. I yeah, saw totally. I saw there was a there was a there was a fight. There was a fight in the vet world um a while back. And I don't know if you saw this. And it was in it was in North Carolina. And um one of the vet clinics got into an online fight. I mean a real fight with someone who had written, who was writing review, negative reviews or had, you know, attacking them online. And the North Carolina licensing board uh, censured the vet clinic. They said, this is unprofessional behavior. And so really a lot of people split into two parties on that. And some people said, we should be allowed to fight fire with fire. And another group said, no, 
we have a, a responsibility for professional behavior and that's what the state boards they oversee that and this felt yeah. it, because they were the vet clinic was using profanity and so it fell into unprofessional behavior i i don't mean to be a fuddy-duddy i do however think that vet clinics using profanity in online arguments it's bad form and i'm not going to go there but there are other people who felt strongly that the opposite was true and 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 vet clinics should not be they should not be penalized for engaging in this type of of conversation online and defending themselves. Yeah. And I I at least had to sit and think, man, the world has changed, you know. And I have you. I mean, have you heard anything like that? Do you have uh, Do you have feelings on that when I when I put it forward? Yeah, I I I think to some degree it allows the consumers to make decisions, you know, and you can <laughs> read. You know, you're kind of sorting yourself out. If you, yeah, like I said, right. you're, you're, you're giving them plenty of rope to separate themselves with. Yeah, I agree. You are. And that's the stage that you're on. And if you utilize that stage to express yourself in a way, albeit it, it might be natural to you, that could be the experience that a pet owner wants. And they want that yeah. that type of just in your face type of communication. Okay, That's fine. Right. He's a I real want, guy. I want I a veterinarian who throws I, down. I, I get it. But <laughs> I would say that if I were advising a client, like I said earlier, I would just make certain that you realize that you're speaking in the public eye. Or oh, yeah. you're, you have the attention of thousands of people and you will not have the opportunity to explain yourself, nor will yeah. you have a, historic, a, a history with a lot of the people. So you could say, oh, look, you know, Dr. Rourke was just having a bad day. He must have just lost his temper. But I, I, I tell you, you know, I've been hurt myself, right? Like I I was personally attacked by a former employee. You know, Katie was attacked by a former employee, like just angry things. And I felt, um, well, I was hurt and I was scared. And I obviously, you know, I've done this forever. So I, I wanted to take my own medicine and realize that time is going to pass and that, you know, the, the market did come to my rescue. And that was great. But uh, there were nights, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not ashamed to say I laid in bed crying, right? And, yeah. and I, because I thought, hey, I worked so hard to develop this reputation, right? Of being fair and honest and just try, try to be a good person, right? And to think that this person could take their pen and write these nasty words and they'd be out there about me, like really hurt. So I wanted to strike back, but I did take my own advice and the market came to my aid and you can't even find most of that stuff anymore. So those of yeah. you who are searching for all the goods, yeah, right? Like, oh, oh, well. <laughs> oh, let's go Rook, find Rook. this. <laughs> I'll link to that in the show notes as well for those of you who are looking. No, uh, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And listen, it feels terrible when you get attacked. I, I didn't eat Thanksgiving dinner one year. I remember I was just, I was getting beat up over something and like, it was the first time it had really happened to me. <laughs> I hate to say that. Yeah. Oh, I remember the first time I had this horrible experience. It really bothered me, but like, I didn't eat, I didn't eat Thanksgiving dinner. And let me tell you, I'm a guy who loves Thanksgiving dinner, but it, it just hits you in a way and it makes you feel like the world is ending. And it's just, man, it's, it's so hard, but and when, anyway. when we're in a, well, when we're in a wellness, like when, when we're trying to put, or we've got a problem, obviously. I mean, I mean, it's, this isn't a wellness talk, but it, it kind of is at the same time, you know, we've got enough of this imposter syndrome going on and we've got enough of these other impulses that, you know, that, can lead 
you know, our friends to think that they're not good enough. Right. And oh, yeah. the, these, so I, I'm really, really, you know, I, I try to say this all the time and I hope that those who are listening get this message. You are good enough. You do wonderful things for thousands and thousands of people that don't have the opportunity to share these nice things. And please do not let the comments of, of a few or one yeah. actually hurt your feelings about yourself and, uh, yeah. I, and time heals those wounds. So, yeah, I agree with that. I, you know, I would, I'd jump into here and add on and say, we have negativity bias built into our brains, which means we read those one-star reviews and we hold on to them and we breeze over those five-star reviews, like just skimming them. We don't even slow down. And that's, um, I've seen it a million times. I've seen it myself. Um, boy, I, the five-star reviews make me happy for 30 seconds and the one-star reviews make me, uh, angry for 30 days. And that's so disproportional, but I I think the best thing you can do is awareness and just know, Hey, you gotta, if you're going to look at the bad stuff, you got to hold on to the good stuff. I've also just gotten to be a, a big, a big fan of trying not to sink too much into that stuff is look, see what you can do. What are you going to do differently? What can you change? And then you, you got to go on, um, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's kind of doom scrolled themselves and just look to see what bad things people say about me on the internet. You know, uh, I think a lot of us go and we'll, we'll look at Facebook groups and we'll look for our practice and things. And I think if you really stopped and said, what are you doing here? You're like, no, I'm looking to see if anything bad is out there about me. And it's like, if you look for it, you're going to find it. If you've been doing what we do for a living uh, for very long, there's going to be some people who've been unhappy. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for talking with this stuff about me. I always enjoy uh, having you on here. I'm going to put a link to uh, to the resources that you mentioned before, uh, which is a fantastic survival guide for uh, for dealing with uh, dealing with online reviews. And uh, where can people are there other resources that you recommend? Where do you read to get your inspiration? What do you what do you point people to besides the resource guides? Well, so I like, um, there's a couple, there's social media examiner, um, has oh, some yeah. really I, great, yeah, I used to read a ton of their stuff. Yeah. And they run a conference, uh, social media, um, marketing world, I believe. And there's a very high, um, percentage, uh, not a percentage. There's a surprisingly large number of veterinary people that show up at that meeting. So I would say um, things that are created through them uh, turn out to be the most credible. Um, I like things that are put out by HubSpot as well. HubSpot yeah. does a lot of really good reputation stuff. Um, so that's what I, those are the two resources that I would point people um, towards. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about me or if there's, if people have questions about how uh, you've got a particular reputation issue and you'd like to talk it through, I'd be happy to pick up the phone and spend some time with you. Um, I can be reached at 800-493-9003 or shoot me an email at bill at intouchvet.com. Like I said, the website is intouchvet.com. And if you want to throw intouchvet.com slash reputation, um, you'll get that guide. So Andy, I, I really, you know, I, I, we've been friends and I've respected you for many, many years. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you took the time to, to help your audience with something like this. And, and thanks for choosing to, to speak with me. And it's always good to see you. Awesome, man. It's always good to, to catch up with you. Thanks for being here. Guys, take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you later on, everybody. Okay, we'll see you. Thank you. 
And that is our episode, guys. That's what we got for you. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to put links to Bill's resources down in the show notes. Feel free to check it out. Gang, take care of yourselves. Be well. I'll talk to you later on.